0: Welcome to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Choplis. Scientific Healing, a fusion of modern science and ancient healing arts, empowers you to take charge of your life to get healthy no matter what your doctor says. Discover how you can manage your own energy to improve your health, vitality, and prosperity from Anastasia and her guests. Are you ready to live your best and most energized life ever? Here's your host Dr. Anastasia Chopoulos. Hello everyone, this is Dr. Anastasia Chopoulos, and you're listening to Scientific Healing. I know the power of vibrational healing by combining physics with ancient healing arts to develop my own system that has amplified results with hundreds of my clients and healing students. Discover how you can energetically attract new clients when working as a healer or coach at scientifichealer.com forward slash success. Today, I am so very pleased to have Lisa Goldberg as my guest. When I heard that Lisa was less about diet and exercise and more about changing habits and behaviors to help people get lean and healthy, I wanted to know more. To remind you, there are eight factors that are vitally important to your health, wealth, and happiness, and having a healthy body is on the list with diet, exercise, sleep, hydration, etc. I know from years of my practicing healthy habits that the people that believe a diet is something to go on and off are the ones that will yo-yo and have trouble the rest of their lives. I brought one of the top experts in the country to you so you can hear it straight from her. Lisa has a master's degree in clinical nutrition from New York University, but in addition to that, she has several certifications, including personal training, certified nutritionists, and weight management specialists from esteemed organizations such as the ADA. She was the nutritionist for the New York Stock Exchange and to traders on Wall Street for years. She has a private practice in New York City, but don't let that sway you. She coaches clients all over the world virtually. Now, let's let Lisa tell her story and why she went down this path. I'm sure it will be a familiar one to you. Welcome to the show, Lisa. I'm so happy you're here.
1: I am so happy to be here, Anastasia. Thank you so much for having me here.
0: Yeah, I am so delighted to to help, you know, to have you tell your story and inspire them to to live, a you know, a lifetime of healthy and eating and exercise and nutrition and all of that and behaviors are so foundational to it. So everyone has a very personal story on how they started down the path to helping people with whatever they do and it's usually associated with some sort of painful period in their life could you tell us yours
1: yes of course so for me um my weight loss journey or you know you know first a struggle then a journey started when i was in college so i got to school my freshman year I and mean, in the first 2 months of me being in school i literally put on like you know 15 to 20 pounds between when my parents dropped me off in september and then i went home for thanksgiving in November. And so, you know, for me, a lot of that was, um, you know, a new environment, new friends, different foods, you know, being in a dining hall and spending hours, you know, hanging out with your friends that are becoming your new friends that you've just met. So you just spend hours more around food, Um, you know, food that wasn't always typical, you know, that I ate at home going out more because you have a different social life, especially when you're not living in your parents' house anymore. Um, so all of those things, you know, a lot of late night eating, a lot of those things factored in to my very rapid weight gain. And so just in my freshman year alone, I probably gained and lost that same 15 pounds at least three times.
0: Yes, I. it's a really familiar story, the stress of being away from home, the the plethora of food that's placed in front of you like when I lived in my dorm it, it was unlimited amount of food you could eat whatever you wanted as much as you wanted and exactly yeah and what well, of course the choices aren't the healthiest either you know greasy salty <laughs> yeah well
1: right exactly and, and 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 for me um you know one of my favorite foods is, is brownies, and, you know, when they had those dessert in the dining hall, it was unlimited, and so, you know, being somebody that, you know, I didn't really, I wasn't, I didn't have trouble with my weight as a kid. I was, a, I was pretty athletic, and, um, you know, food, you know, my, my parents, you know, my dad was on an upper diet every now and again, but, you know, food kind of wasn't, you know, for a lot of people, a lot of people's childhoods a lot of it's centered around food and eating. And so I think because that wasn't an issue for me growing up, that I it wasn't until I got to college that I didn't struggle with it, though so many people that I work with struggle from childhood early on. And oftentimes it's because one of their parents has a struggle with food. Either they were always on a diet and restricting and depriving, so it kind of got passed on to the child, or the parent, had an emotional eating relationship with food, which also got passed on to the child. So, you know, that's a lot of what I do. But for me, I really happened to college. I gained and lost, you know, the same weight, you know, quite a few times just in that one year alone. I went on these crash diets, you know, shake diets, and I'd lose the weight, and then every couple of months gain it back. And, you know, even though I started to work out, which is what got me into fitness at the end of my freshman year, um... You know, And I probably kept that weight off for the next three years while I was at school because I was very diligent about what I would eat after that. When I graduated and then started living with roommates in New York City, I kind of repeated the cycle again. And so it probably wasn't until I was in my early 30s that I lost the weight and never gained it back again. So that's how my journey with food and eating You know, started and what really got me interested because while I was figuring out how am I going to lose this weight because I hadn't been on a diet I actually spent a lot of time reading health and fitness magazines finding out about nutrition through those magazines I actually thought about going back for a degree or getting my degree in nutrition while I was in undergraduate school because my roommate my sophomore year was getting her nutrition degree and I looked at all that Biochemistry, organic chemistry, and all those sciences, and I said, "Ah, I'll just major in I'll just major in something else." <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't. And I didn't then get my degree in nutrition, but because it was still of interest to me, you know, later on, um, you know, I kind of went through a series. I went through a, you know, my career, which is what I graduated with in retail marketing, but eventually, I kind of got back to the fitness aspect. I worked at Equinox for a little bit. I went, you know, through their, their management. I became a personal trainer, and that journey eventually led me to go back for my degree for my master's in nutrition yes. when I was about 29 years old. I went back to school for my master's and kind of really just changed my life and my career.
0: Yeah, so it, it went from a pain point. I mean, it wasn't like you were 100 pounds overweight, but it was a pain point because, I know even when I gain 10 pounds, I'm very, very uncomfortable. And I've never really been, you know, like obese, like really overweight. But uh, it still bothers me when I now, you know, in my 60s, when I look in the mirror and I see the extra weight there, despite my best efforts, it's very frustrating.
1: Right. Well, well, well Here's here's what I want people to hear. So for me, even though I didn't... You know, it was, it was 15 pounds, maybe 20 at my highest, um, which a lot of people might be thinking, oh, that's not so bad, that sort of thing. But I felt so uncomfortable in my own body for so long when my clothes didn't fit. I mean, they were actually nice when my roommates went out together and I stayed home because I just couldn't find anything and there'd be a pile of clothes on my bed and I hated the way everything looked and I would choose to stay home. And so I kind of stopped my life because of my weight. And I felt so uncomfortable that I just felt so bad that it actually prevented me from going out and having a good time. And so I I want people to hear that, that feeling, that memory. I'm 53 years old now. I've maintained my weight within three or four pounds um, since I've been in my early 30s. And it's that memory of feeling uncomfortable that I stay connected to that anytime I think about I want a piece of chocolate, not that I don't eat chocolate or I don't eat pizza or I don't eat burgers. I do. But I have a a saying when I work with my clients, how much and how often. And I will always think about how badly do I want the chocolate versus how badly do I prefer to maintain my weight? Whereas I don't starve myself and I don't deprive myself. But I am very mindful of what's important to me. And maintaining my weight is much more important to me than a brownie, than a cupcake, or a piece of chocolate.
0: Yeah, so that's the important thing is staying connected to that painful memory to keep you motivated. And that's one thing that people tend to forget. Like they'll go, oh yeah, what the hell, and they'll go ahead and have the thing. (laughs) And then the next morning they regret it. And I've been to so many parties where I just ate a salad and a lean piece of protein, and everybody goes, Oh, well, you're so lean, you can have a piece of cake. And I'm going, Well, that's why I'm so lean. And I like being this way, right? So, is staying, you know, staying that's the important point is like staying connected to that memory because we'll forget.
1: Right. And oftentimes, people who go on and off diets or who yo yo diet, they'll usually restrict and deprive. Typically, they're cutting out carbohydrates because it's the easiest thing to do, but they're usually cutting something out. They're not drinking. They're not having sugar. They're not having carbs. They're not having something for a period of time, and then they get to their goal weight or close to it, and their brain says, I'm done. They forget how hard they worked to get where they are, but because they didn't change any of their habits or behaviors or their way of thinking or their relationship with food, the weight slowly comes back on until one day you wake up and say, "How did this happen? How did I let this happen again?" And then you want to. You're just so angry and annoyed at yourself because you know you either bought all these beautiful clothes and now they don't fit again, or you're just back to where you started,
0: or worse. And then,
1: or worse, which it's often, or worse. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, there's there's so many more things that need to change versus just the food that you're eating and you know that's usually where I start with the food that people are eating but in order to lose weight and not gain it back again there's more that needs to change than just the food
0: so let's talk about some of your typical results I'm not talking about the really tough cases because I'd like to reserve a little time for a very tough case And so what do you commonly do for people like when they come in and what they do? Take us a little bit through that process.
1: So my process starts with, you know, I do I do what I call an initial consultation, and so I send them some information to fill out for me in advance, which is a pre consult questionnaire and some keeps keeping some days of food records for me, which gives me a snapshot of their life. And then my process is really starting with, you know, the nourishment part. So once I find out everything about their lifestyle, how they eat, what they eat, a little medical exercise, diet history, what time do you wake up in the morning, what time do you go to bed, and what do you do in between? Um, I create a nutrition plan for them because it's got to be foods they're willing to eat. So often I hear from my clients, well, I worked with a nutritionist before and she said I should eat this, it would help me lose weight. I don't want anybody eating anything they don't like Mm -hmm. because it's not going to work in your life. When I work with clients... There's nothing you can't eat. There's nothing that's off limits. It's just, again, my feeling is how much and how often in seven days, because when people deprive themselves, they either go on a binge or they feel restricted, and it's not a lifestyle change. So we take care of all of those aspects when creating a plan for somebody. It's really about how do you eat and how do you want to eat in your life that will allow you to lose weight and not gain it back again. Then, you know, as we kind of get into the process, it's about creating an awareness of what your habits and behaviors and mindset really is around food and eating. So often, I mean, a habit is something we do without thinking. So people just sometimes just go to the refrigerator after dinner. Their program is on. It's 8 o'clock. Well, they pull out the popcorn and they pull out potato chips or pretzels or ice cream or whatever it is, and they sit down and usually kind of mindlessly eat a little bit. Not, not really paying attention to is this a habit or is this actual true physical hunger. And so I help people create an awareness of what their habits and behaviors are. And then in the mindset piece, um, you know, especially people who struggle, they have a lot of limiting beliefs and they ha- have a way of thinking around what they can, can't or shouldn't do. Um, a lot of people have the dieters mentality. I'm not supposed to. I can't. I shouldn't. Um, you know, good and bad foods, I'm good and bad, either I'm having a good day or a bad day, there's a dieters mentality that I work on helping people change, um, we that's, identify people's triggers, right. what makes what, people like, feel like eating when right. they're not physically hungry.
0: Like the all um, or nothing, like, oh, I blew it today, so I'm just going to eat like a pig, or... Well,
1: exactly, that's a, that's totally the dieters mentality. Exactly. Totally the dieters mentality yeah that was just tomorrow I'll worry about it later (laughs) you know all 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 of those things right I had I had a bag of chips so I blew it today so I may as well you know spend the whole entire day you know overeating because what's the use what's the point
0: yes exactly Um, and you know
1: so I, I hear that I hear that all the time and that's Really, that way of thinking is really what needs to change for most people because mm-hmm. it'll keep you stuck. Self talk. What's the messaging that you give to yourself? Those messages that we were, we were just talking about is so important.
0: Yes, and the the habit thing, you know, a lot of people don't realize that we have a limited amount of willpower. So when you have a habit, it it goes on autopilot. And I, you know, I remember changing the place. Uh, You know, I had my coffee filters in one cabinet and two, and I had them there for two months. I just moved into a new house and I moved them to a more convenient cabinet. It took me two years before I stopped reaching for the old cabinet. That's how ingrained habits are. And that's why we have to be mindful of how we change them. And I really love that that's something that you work on.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's truthfully, I mean... That's why I've moved my way of coaching into longer term programs because I can't help somebody make a real change. I mean, my shortest program is three months, Mm -hmm. but I encourage people to at least start with six at a minimum. Mm -hmm. But I have people walk into my office and be like, I've been struggling this with my whole entire life. I need at least a year Mm -hmm. to kind of go through the process and and change this.
0: Yes. It's the same thing with energetically because I work with people energetically. It takes a minimum of 90 days better is six months and and if you really want to make something last forever is to go at least a year if not longer Right. And so I think right. it's absolutely the same because this is an energetic shift because we're changing habits at the subconscious level
1: right, exactly and a lot of people have some resistance that comes up because a lot of fear comes up for people when, when changing and that's where my next step um, of self-care and self-love mm-hmm. come into play mm-hmm. That's... and so I can't really help somebody especially who's been struggling for so long without addressing their personal self-care putting themselves first especially people who take care of families they put everybody else first mm-hmm. and then they're too tired they're they're usually too tired for themselves especially women and moms mm-hmm. um, or they'll be like it's just me I don't really need to bother cooking or I don't really need to get us. If there's a day where, you know, your kids are out of the house or maybe your kids, you know, are off to college and then you decide, well, I don't need to do this anymore because they're gone and you don't think you're as important to do it for yourself. So self-care and self-love, knowing that you're worthy, knowing that you deserve to have all the things that you want, weight loss, a healthy body, to feel good in the body that you're living in um, is another part. Of my process that we address.
0: Yeah, which is actually the opposite. Most people think when I lose all that weight, then I'll feel good about myself. And it's really the opposite is when I feel about good about myself, then I'll lose all the weight.
1: <laughs> right. Right. You know, so you, you and I had been talking a little bit, you know, earlier, um, you know, about what keeps you, you know, your struggle and that you feel like you do all the, the right things and, you know, you're kind of not living in your eye. I- deal body correct right and so you know we were talking a little bit about there's so often where somebody will tell me you know I eat really well and so part of my pre- content questionnaire is that I'll you know one of the questions is you know how is your current diet and so often people will say they eat well but when I actually sit down and get in conversation with them what they're not taking into account is some of those little extra bites during the course of the day you know they're either preparing dinner or there's something on the kitchen counter or they're sharing a meal with somebody and they take extra bites of food or they're eating healthy, but they eat too much. You can't eat too much of good food. It's just too much food for your body, depending upon your metabolic rate.
0: That's so, correct. And yeah, that that's also not my issue. But we'll get into that after the break. So I'd, like to, so I'd like to take a little break now and then we'll talk about those really tough cases and how, how you solve them. I want to remind all of our listeners that you're listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Choplis. Today, my special guest is Lisa Goldberg, nutritionist extraordinaire. When we return after the break, we'll dive deeper into her process and show how you can create a lifetime of healthy habits for your physical body to create lasting health. According to the MetLife Foundation, people over 55 dread getting Alzheimer's disease more than any other. Yes, loss of your memories and who you are. The statistics are staggering. One in eight get some form of dementia or Alzheimer's over this age of 55, while one out of three at age 85 shows significant symptoms. Until recently, it wasn't believed that you could repair, heal, or grow new brain neurons. But now research shows how amazing the neuroplasticity is in your brain. While good nutrition, sleep habits, and exercise play a large role in helping you keep your mind intact, you can now re-energize your brain with a powerful new program that wakes up your brain and promotes deep neural healing. I have watched what others have called hopeless cases come out of comas and dementia and improve dramatically in a short period of time, much to their doctor's total surprise. Comments I hear often are doctors saying, I've never seen anything like this. You can get the same brain healing in a program that you can use over and over again to heal your brain and brain glands and keep them energized. You can live your best life ever with your memory fully intact. Isn't your brain worth a small investment? Go to scientifichealer.com forward slash brain to find out more. That's go to scientifichealer.com forward slash brain to learn how. Welcome back. You're listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia chopolis You can discover more about scientific healing and the deceptively simple processes for interacting with others positively and effectively. Go to scientifichealer.com forward slash success, S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to learn how to be energetically attractive to others and magnetically attract people to you. Before the break, we were talking to Lisa Goldberg about creating lasting results for your physical health. Let's dive deeper into her process. Welcome back, Lisa. I'm so excited to continue with this conversation.
1: Oh, great. Thanks. I am too.
0: Yes. And so we before the break, we talked about your process and what you do when you're working with others and how effective it is. Let's talk about some really tough cases. Um, I've talked to many peri and postmenopausal women over the years that just don't make progress no matter what they do. And I happen to be one of them. Um, I uh, eat a very clean diet. I don't snack. I exercise every day, clean, meaning organic, um, lots of vegetables, very little fruit, very little carb, except for maybe sweet potato and, um, high quality proteins. And so, um, I just wonder why my weight I'm about, I, you know, I'd like to lose 15 to 20 more pounds to get back to the weight that I'm really comfortable with. And that is appropriate for my size. And I know that this is the case for so many people, like what, what kind of tips or ways do you help people in my situation? And I'm, I'm just about 65, I'm a month shy of it. So what would you suggest for us?
1: Well, you know, often, oftentimes, um, you know, with pre and perimenopausal women, it's I, one of the things I recommend is, you know, being a, having, you know, I don't do it currently anymore, but it's been spending 20 years being a personal trainer um is to one lift some weight Mm -hmm. because the more muscle on your body the faster your metabolism is Mm -hmm. um so that's one thing i do tell people to really kind of take a really really close look at their at their diet and what they're consuming and they should be journaling and writing down everything that goes in from even you know a sole peanut Um, So you see everything that's passing your lips, because oftentimes people take these little bites during the day. Mm -hmm. um, And I, you know, I call them it's just only's. Yeah. And And it's just
0: only. It's just only that. Yes. I I actually um, have done that for years. And I even created an Excel spreadsheet that made it really easy for me to do after each meal, it takes just a few seconds to say, oh, I had a half a cup of this and a cup of that, and or how many ounces, it just depends. And so I know for a fact that journaling can make a big difference in restricting your food intake.
1: Well, what it does is it it gives you the big picture. So Mm -hmm. when I work with clients, I tell them to look at seven days because everyone could remember their seven days. And even if you write it down, it's easier to say, Mm-hmm. so I'm a big believer in low glycemic index eating you know even eating every four to six hours to keep your insulin level steady mm-hmm. um you know insulin's a fat storing hormone so you want to make sure that you're not eating you know foods that cause cause insulin surges some mm-hmm. foods raise our insulin levels a lot quicker than others um protein at all of your meals you know protein in some High fiber, high fiber carbohydrates mm-hmm. at all of your meals. I am not a carb-phobic nutritionist, but low-glycemic carbs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, two fruits a day, maybe three depending upon your age and the, the length of your day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really a, a big believer in eating whole unprocessed foods most of the time so you can eat a little crappy some of the time and it shouldn't affect your weight. And also, you know, healthy fat is important. A lot of times when people go on a diet, they fear fat. Mm -hmm. And especially, you know, for our hormones as women, we do need fat in our diet, you know, whether it's avocados or olive oil or or some nuts, um, a, a little coconut oil. I mean, we do need some fat in our in our diets to keep us healthy for our hair, skin and nails and also for weight loss. And so, you know, so once you kind of take a good look at what you're eating and how much you're eating and how often you're eating, Um, especially women in menopause and you know as we age we just need to consume less calories and it's something that most people don't want to accept because it's kind of a stinky fact but it's a fact nonetheless Um, you know getting in that weight training so you have more muscle plus the weight lifting weights also helps prevent osteoporosis as we age
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: you know and and then there's how much alcohol are we drinking? A lot of women like their wine. It's just <laughs> it just it's you know, and I and I get it. I love my wine. But you know, alcohol tends to be stored if it's not burned through with energy as belly fat, and it really can hamper your weight loss, you know, especially during perimenopause and menopause. So the best thing to do is to kind of really find the best diet, and, and every everybody's diet works a little bit different body works a little bit different I know because I had a test done you know several years ago at this point um it was a substrate test and I know my body uses carbohydrates for energy more than it uses protein or fat and so I function better when I do have some carbohydrates in my diet mm-hmm. and so you know what that's test what, what test is want, that want to look
0: at, yeah what test what? is that how how does one get that tested that's an interesting point
1: So if you have a really good gym in your area, or sometimes um, a physical therapy practice might have it, Mm -hmm. so it's, you know, I did it, there's, I live in New York City, so there tends to be, you know, a lot of equinoxes here, and I did it at Equinox where it was a substrate test, and Mm -hmm. so it told me what percent of protein, fats, and carbs my body used for energy, so it was a bit of a metabolic test.
0: Interesting yeah so. <laughs> well, over the years, I've tried everything low carb diet, high carb diet, medium carb diet, low fat diet, high fat diet, medium fat diet. <laughs> so well, you
1: know, sometimes it's it's about staying consistent number one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other things that go into the, the reason why your body holds on to weight. you know some, I sometimes tell clients that aren't losing weight and it's not the most convenient thing. But you could actually test your own glucose. I mean, like, diabetics test their blood to see what their insulin levels are.
0: Oh, interesting. So if you
1: wanted to spend seven days testing your blood, like doing a fasting test, see what your glucose number is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, an hour after your meals and maybe then two hours after your meals to see to make sure your insulin is a normal range and the foods that you're eating um, don't affect your insulin levels or make them rise. Also, your stress levels. I mean, somebody who's really stressed, cortisol will prevent you from losing weight. If you have a really stressful life or something going on in your life, when our bodies tighten and contract, when we're holding on to emotional stuff, I truly believe it's harder to lose weight.
0: Yes, I've spoken to, so what caused my weight gain? Because I was at my ideal weight. What caused my weight gain was after my mom died. The weight piled on because I was I became the matriarch of a big family and I was stressed to the to the max and I gained all this weight with the same the same eating habits and exercise habits and that's what I'm struggling to get off now because I've lost 15 of, of pounds of that weight now but it, it it's a lo- I'm on the I'm here for the long term <laughs> so
1: <laughs> you 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 might want to consider a food sensitivity test. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. you find out. I mean, like for me, um, you know, when I was giving the test, you know, we're thinking about bringing the test into my practice. I took a test myself, and you know, I love sweet potatoes, but I found out I have a sensitivity to sweet potatoes. Not that it, it's so. A, a food allergy and a food sensitivity are two different things. Yes, and sometimes for eating foods that inflame our bodies
0: yes and that's and also could, bad i could
1: prevent us from losing weight
0: yes i unfortunately i have a I fortunately i have a good doctor in the la area that does this and i send people to her because she's marvelous and so my sensitivities are like of all things string beans coconut so coconut fat and stuff i have to literally limit and um, cinnamon and a couple of other weird things like mustard, <laughs> like who would have think, right? These are supposedly healthy. So it, that's a really good tip. I completely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. And, you know, and you, you'll get the, you'll get the hint. Like if you have a little pain somewhere, like a joint pain or um, you tend to have headaches, there's a food sensitivity usually involved with that. Right.
1: My inflammation is sinus inflammation. So I can, all of a sudden just start sneezing and feel like all congested even though i know intuitively i'm not getting a cold and it's usually because i've eaten something um that i'm sensitive to so i get, you know everybody's you know inflammation um comes out in a different way headaches joint pain um you know minus you know sinus inflammation everybody's inflammation is a little bit different some people their bodies don't let them release the weight
0: Yeah, it's that's a that's a really, really important and interesting point. And I don't know too many older. So as we get older, the thing is that our immune system slows down. And um, I know that because I developed allergies to all grains, right when I went through menopause, I used to be able to eat corn, rice and oats. And as soon as I went through menopause, the sensitivity to those went up so high that all of my joints swole up and my knuckles turned red. And I thought I was developing rheumatoid arthritis. That was about six, seven, eight years ago now. And um, as soon as I let go of the rest of the grains, my joints went back to normal and I lost 10 pounds in like a week and a half. So, yeah, it was a lot of water that gets retained. And I also learned that water retention keeps your weight on. So, right. So that just means that it's inflammation. So um, your tips are really important for people that are struggling with it is to look for another source. If you're doing all of the right things and you're not doing the snacks and it's only a nut or it's only a whatever bite, and you're doing your exercise program is to start investigating those sources that you mentioned, like, you know, what are you sensitive to and, oh, you know, what's going on? Are you, is there emotions that are causing it? So there's like lots of things to really, those avenues are really important. And I think those two are really important top tips for people that are struggling. So I'd I'd like to switch gears, Lisa, a little bit, because... You know, a lot of people are nutritionists or they are healers or they or they have a passion. And I know that you have this enormous passion to really help people. And a lot of people want to start a business like that. And I I call you one of those really successful people because, you know, it is passion that drives us. But there's more to it, like developing some sort of know-how or knack to be able to earn a living and get through all of that. So um, we talked about how did you get started and walk us through some of the steps of landing your clients and uh, especially the big ones and what is it that made you different from other people with your skill set?
1: Yeah, well, kind of how I I got started, um, you know, I as I mentioned, you know, I, I kind of started as a personal trainer at Equinox and then I went back for my degree in nutrition and so you know the first step for me and a lot of it this is just not being afraid to take the leap to trust yourself Mm -hmm. and to just you know get out so when i left equinox i left equinox to go train in a private training gym and my clients came with me so that made me one an independent trainer i didn't get a salary or anything like that from being employed by somebody else And so you have to get to a certain point where you just have to take a leap of faith. Um, Then I had an opportunity through somebody that I knew to become the nutritionist on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. And when I was down there and I ran a program down there, a nutrition program down there, and I decided after being down there for a year that if all of these guys eat so terribly, um, there must be thousands of traders around the city that eat terribly and I need to start my own, because I was delivering healthy lunches to the guys on the Stock Exchange, but the kitchen was right up on the seventh floor, and we just sent the, um, the food down in carts to the trading floor, and so I decided I need to start a business, and I spoke to somebody who introduced me to somebody at a restaurant, and I hired somebody to be me at the New York Stock Exchange, and then I started in a restaurant, Um, So I had everything set up, but I had no clients. I had one person that I was friends with on the floor who said to me, what are you doing tonight? And I said, I don't think I'm doing anything. And he said, I'm going out with some guys from Citibank. Do you want to come? And I went out that night. I met the guy who ran the desk at Citibank. We had a 10-minute conversation about what I did. And the next day I went up to Citibank and got 16 new clients. And so... It's just about having a good network of people, taking that leap of faith, not being afraid of what might happen, and just going. I delivered lunches to healthy traders around Manhattan for thir- for 10 years.
0: Yes, and I- so there's there's probably something that most people aren't aware of, is that were you attached to the result of whether you got them as a client when you spoke to them?
1: Well... Thinking back to it now, I didn't know what was going to happen. So I explained you- the service, and I explained the business. Um, was I attached to the result?
0: No, it you doesn't know, sound it, like it, because if you said you weren't sure what was going to happen, you weren't attached to the result. You were just throwing up a trial balloon to see what happened.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and I did. And I, I started with 16 people, and within a few years, I had over 100 people that I was delivering healthy meals to, and... Um, and at one point, I even had two kitchens in Manhattan, and I hired people, but the point what I want to make is, because I didn't own the restaurant, sometimes if things didn't work out, I ha- I'd have to find another restaurant, so I contracted with, with an already established restaurant. The restaurant wasn't my own, and then when the world fell apart in 2008, I lost 70% of my business because all I was focusing on then was feeding people who worked on Wall Street, mm-hmm. and so... I thought, I remember thinking to myself, how low can I go before I have to shut this down? And I remember thinking, oh my God, I'm going to be that homeless person on the street pushing that shopping cart because I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford to pay my rent. But at the end of the day, I persevered. I changed a little bit of my negotiations with the person who I went into, and I was probably in like two or three restaurants in that time period. But... I stayed with it, I persevered, I knew I could get it back, and again, I remember also I I went on some job interviews, I did, just for that safety net, to not have to worry anymore, and to get that salary, and then I just knew in my gut, I did not want to work in an office, and I did not want to go back and work for somebody else, so I just said, I'll figure it out, and I stayed with it, I brought the business back, I mean, I didn't get back to exactly where I was, um, but I got back enough to make a, still make a good living. And then I just kind of really got tired of doing what I was doing. But after the, after the crash, I thought to myself, I can't have all my eggs in one basket. And I started to focus on my private nutrition practice. And so I took an office on the Upper West Side in a gym where I had some friends that I used to personal train with. And then I asked for referrals.
0: So basically what you did was you just got into action and each step led to another step. It sort of evolved.
1: Exactly. And and here's, here's the thing, Anastasia. And it's a lot of what I coach on is mindset. Mm -hmm. I didn't sit there and be like, I might've for a minute just been like, what was me? What am I going to do next? Mm -hmm. But again, it was mindset. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure it out. I remember sitting on my computer looking at a map of restaurants around manhattan saying who can i go to where can i go and the last restaurant i went into i literally walked in off the street i introduced myself Mm -hmm. i asked for the owner he had no idea who i was and i'm like here's what i do here's what i've got here's how many clients i have right now here's how much money you can make
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. It's just getting into action, knowing what you have to offer and being passionate because you, you know, all these people that sit at desks all day, they do eat unhealthy and then they run out looking for a lunch. But if they can have a really healthy, really tasty lunch delivered to them at their desk, who wouldn't want that? Right?
1: Right, and and here's what I want people, you know, if anybody's out there that are listening that, you know, isn't somebody, you know, is, is maybe somebody in the health field versus somebody who's looking for help with sustainable weight loss, um, I closed down my lunch business in June of 2013. Mm-hmm. I just decided I was done, mm-hmm. and I had some private clients, but I remember walking in the street, like, that first week in July, because I closed down the last day of June, and I said, oh, my goodness – Now, when I make my money, it's going to be because of when the phone rings, because these guys, I charged a month in advance for my services. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was never an issue. But now I just remember thinking to myself, Lisa, don't worry about the money and the money will come. Don't worry about the money and the money will come. And that July, I made so much money that I paid for two months of rent and expenses here in New York City. So it's about mindset. It's about believing in yourself. Mm-hmm. It's about just staying the course and, 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 and persevering and being persistent and just, you know, putting on your head down and keep moving forward and asking for help when you need it.
0: Yeah. So now I'd just like to, um, you know, tell people that you have a beautiful free gift available to them on your website, which is... I- Yes I do Yes And I, I downloaded it myself And I found it Enlightening And helpful And it's your 12 best tips Right Your 12 best yeah. tips For sustainable weight loss
1: Well 12 best, It's your 12 best tips For weight loss now And mm-hmm. what got me to create And put that together Is I was working with a client For a while And You know There's all these tools Tips and strategies That I'm talking about With my clients To help them To stay the course and to change their mindset and their habits and behaviors, and she called them Lisa-isms, and she's like, could you do me a favor? They're all really good. I can't remember them all. Could you write them all down for me? And, you know, so I can have them all on one piece of paper and, like, put them someplace. And so that's where your 12 best tips for weight loss now is created. Um, and it's more than the things of, you know, eat this and don't eat that. It's, it's really more mindset things and self-care tips and tools that people don't think about. Um, on their weight loss journey
0: so yeah, and that you can could, be
1: found on my website um, com.
0: yeah and it's spelled g-o-l-d-b-e-r-g com. right and, and you
1: can also find on my website i have a new book that came out in october called food fight winning the battle with food and eating to achieve sustainable weight loss um and that's really about what I coach on and there's a lot of, you know, client stories in there and just my, my, my coaching advice on habit, behavior and mindset change.
0: Awesome. I'm sure people will love to read that book. So I, and I, you know, one of those things that I would do with that is with your 12 tips is I'd print them out because they're just really brief tips and just paste them on your mirror, paste them on your refrigerator, paste them everywhere to keep reminding you. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. I mean, a lot of times I'll tell my clients, post-it notes, post-it notes, post-it notes, especially the the number one tip is, am I hungry? So when you're determining if you're eating because it's a habit or you're eating because it's hunger, post-it note somewhere in the kitchen,
0: am I hungry? Yeah, on your fridge or your snack cabinet. (laughs)
1: Right, exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> okay, so uh, thank you so much, Lisa. I'm sure this is going to be an awesome show because this is a, one of the number one problems in the U.S. We spend billions and billions of dollars on ridiculous uh, programs and things like that that don't aren't helpful, and I know that... Your, you and your clients have so much success at keeping their weight at bay and staying healthy. And also for your wonderful tips for, you know, having a business. Because a lot of people that we're talking to right now are business owners of some sort. So they'll, they'll get uh, both, you know, get benefit from both sides of what you do. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Anastasia. This is really great. I was so happy to be
0: here. Okay. Thank you for listening to Scientific Healing and for our wonderful guest, Lisa Goldberg. You can connect with her at lisa lisagoldbergnutrition.com. Let's you and I connect. to Go to scientifichealer.com forward slash success and sign up for your free five-day Successful Healers program. I know some of you that help or heal others intuitively or energetically are ready to take your healing skills and business far beyond where you are now. I invite you into a conversation right now. I have reserved time for you on my calendar at scientifichealer.com forward slash appointment. This is Dr. Anastasia Choplis until next time. Thank you for listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Choplis. Join us again next week for more expert guidance and practical tools to energize your life. Now take a deep breath and release it slowly before you go about your day.